Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about a rough start to the Syracuse basketball season. I'm Wes Chang, and I'm here with Andrew Cowie, and let's get right to it. Andrew, start of the basketball season, Syracuse struggling. How are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, unfortunately, it's raining and cold in New York City, so uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Winter's here. Winter's here, and you just mentioned it's cold outside, and Syracuse is outside shooting really ice cold. Uh, you know, you, you talk about the St. John's game, the most recent game, 39% overall shooting, 3 of 22 from downtown, 10 of 20 from the line. Well, what's going on with this team? That's, uh, that's not good numbers, though, no, obviously. You're not going to um, win with those. But three, I think 3 for 22 is just kind of like a... Uh, you know, kind of a one-game thing. Uh, I, I don't see – that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's so, really uh, bad. I mean, are they going to be a 50%, 60% three-point shooting team? Uh, I don't think so. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of open shots and, and not that difficult shots. It was just, I think, a, one of those nights where it was just an awful shooting night. But they're shooting 20% from the downtown for the whole season. So it's – I know that 3 of 22, I mean, that's, that's even low by 20% standards. Right. But this is not – you know, a one-game fluke, this is something I think that's going to be the whole season because BJ, I'm just going to run through some of the numbers. You know, Trevor Cooney, 0 for 4 from downtown. Um, you know, Ron Patterson, 1 for 7. Uh, Michael Benajay, 1 for 3. I mean, this is this is the whole team. BJ Johnson couldn't get going. This is uh, this is going to be a problem the whole season, I think. Absolutely. I mean, the off, I think offensively it's going to just be an issue. It, it's just a matter of hitting those shots, but like getting Cooney open shots is difficult because unless they do what Duke did with J.J. Reddick back in the day and run like a triple screens yeah, for him. Right. And Beheim's not going to do that. It's not how Cooney, that's not the type of player he is. I mean, Cooney's going to get his open threes off of either transition or through, you know, offensive rebounds, kicks out, mm-hmm. kick out. And, the, you know, the issue, I think, from an offensive standpoint is that we're we're not doing a great job transition-wise, like getting out there. And you saw in the first half, I believe, in the St. John's game, was that it was zero transition points. And, right. and that's where Cooney's going to find open spots. That's where Patterson and, and Caleb Joseph is having an issue of either making a bad turnover or, or just not getting out there fast enough. And then when um, you know, we have another point guard, uh, it, it's, it's just slow. It's, it's, not, it's not getting out there quick enough. Well, I'm glad you brought up Caleb Joseph because he is the quintessential freshman point guard. And I think everyone 
is so spoiled by some of the talent that Syracuse has had come through. Michael Carter-Williams, obviously, in his sophomore year doing great things, goes to the NBA. Tyler Ennis, who had just an unheard of freshman year, and even Jim Beheim said that he comes along once in a coach's career, a freshman who plays way beyond a 17-year, 18-year-old. And Chris uh, Caleb Joseph, he's just not that. Exactly. Yeah, he's a, he's a, it's a classic freshman. I think the Michigan game was it was a perfect example with with at the end of the game. Oh, brutal! That last play where he, where it turned it over when he tried to make a play in high that's a high school play. Yep. In high school, he could have gone right by the guy, yep. used his athleticism, quickness, you know, stop, pull up, mid range jumper, floater all day. He, that that's a, that's easy high school play. But in college, that as a kid, it doesn't happen. You got to be exceptional if you're gonna just just go right by a guy. And so that that's a classic case of. It's just that transition of high school basketball to big time college basketball. It doesn't mean it, it, it's going to be a slow progression. It, it, I don't think you know he's going to get better as the year goes goes on, but it's going to be some growing pains, and we're just going to have to uh, you know Beheim, as you saw Beheim did in, in the St. John's game, he sat him for a large amount of the second half. Like it just it wasn't his night. He's not going to have it. So I need to you know make some moves. So one of the things that we do see that's a positive, I know we've been focusing on the outside shooting, but now you take a look at Syracuse's front line because Chris McCullough, he's been very solid. I don't think he's going to, he's not dominant, and I don't think, and we were talking about this before the show, he's not dominant to the point where he can completely take over a game and you feed him the ball and he'll get you baskets, but he's been very solid scoring the ball, especially as we talk about Caleb Joseph as a freshman, but I think... Chris McCullough has actually played beyond his years as opposed to Caleb Joseph. McCullough is a special player, without a doubt. And as you said, he's not ready. He's not there yet. I think at, later in the season he might be in terms of running those isolation plays um, to get you know those easy baskets. He just doesn't have the offensive skill yet to, to do those isolation plays. But you can see the confidence growing. You can see just he's always around the ball. Um, it just he's just a freak athlete. Yeah, he is. And you even saw Beheim in, in Beheim's rant about McCullough about being a top five pick. Beheim knows he's a top five pick. Right? <laughs> There's no doubt he knows he's a top five. Type, but it, he's got to keep him there. He he knows that. Really, next year, it, it would be a, just a massive breakout season for McCall. I mean, really a big time, like player of the year type of candidate. Right. Um, and we just hope we can keep him around, that he doesn't read too many of the headlines. And, and as you said, the parents start thinking, oh, my son can go. When uh, If he stays that one more year, I think it, would, it could be special. Yeah, and we all talk about the offense and you know how Chris McCall is going to turn into that go-to guy and how the outside shooting has been really poor but I think what a lot of people aren't seeing is even with this young team even with all these moving pieces you know fitting in BJ Johnson fitting in um, Tyler Roberson fitting in Ron Patterson all these new moving pieces they've still been pretty good on defense in fact the only reason why they've been in these games against Michigan and St. John's is because of their defense holding St. John's to 36 percent shooting from the field yeah defense has been great uh, I mean they got the right personnel for the defense that Beham wants to run um, and, and that's why we're always going to be around in, in most games because of that defense. But like we talked about in the last show is that when it comes down to the last three to five minutes, you need, you need three baskets in a row, three to four. You, not three turnovers in a right. row. You need three baskets. Right. And that's where, that's where the separation happens of, okay, the defense keeps, is keeping you around. Uh, sometimes you'll take a five-point lead, be down by two, but you're always, you're always a couple possessions away. Um, but if you don't have the, that go-to score in those last key moments um, to either break away in the last three minutes or stop a, a momentum from the other team, that's, that's the problem. Let's talk about down the road now. We talked about kind of what's happened so far and a little bit about 
what we predict individual players, but what about the team? Because there's a little bit of a panic button, I think, being hit because the last time the team had, the Syracuse basketball team had three losses in December was that Dante Green, Johnny Flynn, I believe it was the 08 team that ended up in the NIT. Is it too early to be talking about that? Or do you think, you know, this might be an NIT team? Or do you think, hey, listen, let's just give it some time? I think I get a little bit of time. It's obviously, there's a concern out there, um, and it's valid. Uh, but I think we got a lot of big games ahead of us, playing a, a great ACC schedule, top five team, Duke twice, Louisville. So you could sneak one of those wins in, and it changes the whole game. Right. Um, so I, I would wait till we get more into 15, you know, 10 to 15 games into the season to really be like, all right, this is, it looks like we're going to be NIT or, or a bubble team, but there's, there's definitely a growing concern and, and I think it is valid. Well, I guess we'll have to check back in in a couple of weeks and see how Syracuse is doing, especially, you know, finishing out the non-conference schedule, moving into ACC play. Andrew, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. My closing thoughts is we were just talking about kind of the benchmark for Syracuse basketball is kind of that 20 wins, mm -hmm. get to that 20. So, mm -hmm. you know, to the fans out there, I would go and look at the Syracuse schedule and go down the list and, and see if you can get to that 20 wins. And find what, what is that, and I love to hear from the fans, what's that one or two game? And it's not the Duke, but what's that one or two game that if we can get the win here, then that's going to get us to that 20. There's got to be, there's one or two that the really key games. Swing games. The swing games. That's not a Louisville and not a Duke. That, it's, it's more of that key swing game that would get us to that 20. And I've actually, it's funny you mentioned this because I've actually looked at that schedule and uh, they play at Pitt and they host Pitt swing game. They, yep. I think they're capable of beating Miami. I think it's those those kind of upper you know upper to mid teams that they're kind the of St. John's up was with. a swing game because yes. that's a, that's a bubble team and we're yeah. at home and that's a swing game that went in the wrong direction for us. Right. There's still two or two or three out there. Well, I guess again we'll check back in in a couple months and see how we're doing. Uh, my closing thoughts are on Syracuse being ranked first in the Sports Directors Cup fall standings. Three orange teams scored points, including field hockey and the men's and women's cross country teams. I, Andrew, I know these aren't revenue sports, but you know, the Olympic sports have done really well in the past couple of years, and I just want to wish all these teams congratulations. Awesome stuff. That's it for us. For Andrew Cowie, this is Wes Chang reminding you to fish for sport only, not for meat. Fish meat is practically a vegetable. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV podcast network.